1: mark was talking about and certainly love to get you hooked up if you want to do it just by the telephone we can do that also and you can give the office a call 618-262-2810 and find out more about that also like i said earlier we do have with us from mount Carmel, illinois prophet tom
2: from the fruit of the spirit uh, we are going to go back into us. we will with each of these in the galatians the fifth chapter in the 22nd verse to again remind you about this fruit, that you might understand about it. And again, as I have said previously, this is probably one of the more important studies that we will do in this church. Because without this fruit in operation, you're going to find something very important out. Probably your prayers aren't going to be answered. Probably. I'm not going to say they're not, but I'm going to say probably. And that's important because everybody in this room, including me here, want my prayers answered. You should want your prayers answered. Now we have given. If you missed some of what we've done, we're not going to go back and and, and reiterate into those areas. But we have given scripture uh, uh, to signify to you that you should be able to uh, fully understand that if the producing, if you are producing no fruit. If your fruit production is not there, then the rest of it, you might as well hawk, if you will. You might as well try to turn it in and get some money out of it because your prayers aren't going to be answered, not like you want them to be answered. And and my brothers and sisters, our place and the walk that we have here on the face of this earth to be witnesses for Jesus Christ is part of that is the fruit that we bear, the fruit that we produce for people to see. Alright, I mean anybody, anybody can be, uh, anybody can be a murderer, anybody can be a cheat, anybody can be a liar, anybody can be a drunk, anybody can be a, a, a drug addict, anybody can, you know, uh, uh, get into all those other things. Anybody can do that. Now when you talk about that, you talk about that's the world, that's not the church. And the unfortunate part is we got too much of that stuff going on in the churches today. And to eliminate that or to alleviate that from from the church, we simply need to go back and we simply need to begin to teach as the very tool that it is of God's Word, the depth of understanding, no fruit, no church. The fruit is the church, all right? Jesus Christ, the head cornerstone, of course, but the fruit that you produce is going to signify to this world out here. In other words, that fruit, this fruit that we're teaching you here, is the difference in people seeing you as a Christian or seeing you as this world out here. Now, uh, Jesus himself tried to get us to understand that we could not serve God and mammon. All right? We can't serve both. You're going to serve one or you're going to serve the other. You're not going to serve both. Now, again, what's happened to the church through the decades is simply this. We have tried in the church, we have tried to incorporate because of the staunchness of the Word of God, and it is staunch, by the way, there is, no, there is no leniency within the Word of God. You either are doing the Word of God or you're not doing the Word of God. You're either into the Word of God or you're not into the Word of God. You can act holy, you can talk holy, you can look holy, but the God that we serve, and thank God that He's that way, He's looking right here. Okay? He's looking right here. And that's what God wants us to understand. We're going to have to produce the fruit and want to see you should desire. I think with uh, my uh, whole concept of the, this fruit when I was very, very young was, okay, so big deal. Uh, if you found Galatians five twenty two, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. Okay, everybody's got love. I mean, you're a Christian. You've got love. Okay, I mean, everybody knows that. Well, everybody has joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. We're Christians. We all got that. The problem of it is nobody gets the opportunity to see it. Okay? If we've got it, nobody sees it for the most part. So that's really what we're trying to do within this study is to get you to realize, get your eyes off of raising the dead, walking on the water, get your eyes off of praying and God giving you visions and God giving you dreams, and get your eyes on the very, very essence of your walk is the production of this fruit. Again, without the fruit, hmm, you're in a heap of trouble with God and with your walk. Now, uh, we've just read to you uh, what the fruit of the Spirit is. Uh, we uh, have uh, studied in, at, uh, into the area of love and joy. Today we're going to look at peace. Now, in John 14:27, and I really believe that this is an area here, that that does um, separates the boys from the men, the girls from the women, if you will. Now, where does that put the kids and all that? Well, I'm not real sure, but because I see a lot of these kids, and it, it really, it really makes my heart jump when I have kids come around, and we hear the parents having a something going on in their life, and then the parent comes to us and say. Well, Susie or Johnny, and those are all just names that we're making up, uh, in the midst of what we were going through, came up and said, well, let's just do what Brother Deckard does. Let's just pray and believe God. And all of a sudden, they look at him, and they think, well, what would make this child? Of course, the Bible says out of the mouth of babes, but we hear that all the time. You'd be surprised The parents come to us and say, you know, Brother Decker, you'd think, kids don't get anything out of service but let me tell you something they do and we know they do i've got some kids over in illinois that i'll tell you what folks that i would i would put right up against uh most of the people we've got in these three churches for what their faith is and for what their faith does and their faith to come out on top why because number one they've most of them have learned since they've been this tall and And they've seen miracles, so they don't have any problem believing in miracles. And and they've prayed and seen God do things themselves. So they believe. So the parents come and say, but there was such peace in them. And we were all, this was going on, but the peace was there within them. Well, you see, that peace is what it's all about. And without it, you really don't have much. 14.27 of John simply says this, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, Give I unto you, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Why? Because that peace that he left with us, that peace that he has given to us, will stay us in all of our time of trouble. Now, only those who know Christ as Savior, as Savior, can have divine peace, which takes away what? Worry, sorrow, confusion, fear. Yes, takes all of that away. But now, Christians are the only ones can have that peace. You never see, and I'm going to tell you something, uh, you'd have to be in the situation to experience it, and again, you, you, when you're there and you see mass confusion take place, you can pick out the Christians and it doesn't take long to get it done. Because the Christians are the ones that got the peace. The rest of them are in mass confusion. What are we going to do now? Some of them are saying, what are we going to do now, sweet Jesus? And now you say, well, are they Christians? Uh, Yeah, those folks are Christians. Uh, The the problem of it is there was never any fruit production, uh, any fruit uh, being produced in their lives, obviously. Again, as I said, and and truly the full gospel, uh, Pentecostal charismatic movement is is the worst of the lot because we're into speaking in tongues and raising the dead and walking on water, having Cadillacs, swimming pool, and million dollars. But what we didn't do is we did not beat you over the head long enough and hard enough about this fruit so that you could one day have those things in your lives. see we tried to, what we tried to do is skip we were, I'm, I'm saved and filled with the Holy Ghost I speak in other tongues the power of God is here. we skipped the fruit and we jumped right on into the production or the receiving of the production of the word of God into our lives and few of us ever came to the place of realizing something that you are going to do something, to be blessed, all right. You're going to have to do something to be blessed. You don't just show up and God bless you. You don't just. I'm a Christian. God bless me today. You know, it just doesn't work that way. It's sad that it doesn't because if it did, folks, I, I got news for you: the church would be a lot different than it is today. <laughs> for every way you want to look, go to Romans five. Romans five. It is interesting, as I said when. There's mass confusion. The, the, the Christians always surface. The folks that got the, the the Christians that have peace always surface. They're the, always the ones that just can pray and know that a surety or the assurance that comes with peace is now. I know the first time I ever got around somebody that had that, I didn't have it, and it was amazing. This sweet sister, I mean, I mean, I, I, you know, I believe if they would have come in. And said, "Your husband just died." I believe she'd say, "Well, praise God. We'll just pray." Now that's how excited the woman got about a crisis. And and see, I thought there was something wrong with her. And I used to I used to say to some of the other brothers, I said, "You know, sister such and such got a problem." Now you 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 know I mean you go talk to her and I mean it's well praise God let's just pray about that brother Deckard. I got so tired of hearing that woman say, well, praise God, Brother Deckard. Let's just pray about that. Well, dear God, I didn't want to pray. I wanted somebody to feel sorry for me. I wanted somebody to pat me on the head and say, oh, it's going to be okay. Next week you'll be raising the dead in Jesus' name. But I didn't want somebody to say, oh, it'll be okay, Brother Deckard. Uh, let's just pray about it. Until I began to realize something that that woman had something I didn't have. Or if I had it, it wasn't showing. Called peace, a peace that does what? The Bible says, "The passeth all understanding." A peace to bless God. It doesn't, folks. It doesn't matter if the Ohio River was running two foot deep in here today. God's still God. Now, when you can come to grips and understand that in your life, things will definitely change. God is still going to be God tomorrow morning, or yet here in the next second, and for eternity, whether you want to participate or you don't want to participate. It's not going to change God. It's not going to change, it's not going to change the Word of God. And when we ever get that through our thick heads and understand something, that it's only going to be God's way. Because why? He owns the bat and ball, okay? He owns the ballpark. (laughs) He created it all. And we're going to do it His way. He made up the rules, as a matter of fact. And He was so kind to give us a book that's got the rules in it. Amen? You ever think about the early church? You ever think about the church in the book of Acts? They didn't have the rules like we got them. They, they, you know, they had those that knew the rules that Paul had not written the letters yet. All right. They had not put down Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John yet. They had not gotten into, and, and, and John had not visited the Isle of Patmos for the book of Revelation to come forth as of yet. But yet God was so kind. And when all this had, t- had taken place, he said, now we got this all together. Now let's put it into this book that we will call the Holy Scriptures, the Bible. So the people can have this as a road map, as a guide, and they can know how to raise their families. They can know how they are to participate and act in church and out of church. They can know what to do on the job and off the job. They they can just flat know what to do about morality. They can know how to act in all ways. And God was kind enough to do all that, and we got the book, and some of us don't even know where the book's at. They're called Christians today. Do you know that? Some people never get this book called the Bible out unless we go to church. We never look at it, we never open it. And my Bible says to do what? To study to show yourselves approved. And that's the only way that you're going to get there, folks, is to study the Word of God. Now let me tell you something. The devil's a liar. Say the devil is a liar. liar. And one of the greatest tools that the devil has is condemnation. The great one of the greatest tools that the devil has against the church. You and I is condemnation. And he will beat you over the head with that every chance he gets. And if you truly well, listen to me, if you're truly trying to walk the walk, and your heart truly is right before God, He knows He can make it work. Because every time you make a mistake, he's gonna say, Ah, gotcha Huh? And you're gonna go, Yeah, yeah, got me again. Will this ever change? Paul said, for those that oppose themselves, Timothy. See, we have to understand something, folks. We're going, that is the reason that church is church. Again, you've heard me preach it, and you'll hear me preach it until Jesus appears on that day. Church is not a social gathering. Church is not a place to come to that you can catch up on the latest gossip or the latest uh, condemnation one to the other. Church is a place to come to to learn. It's a church Church is set to build you up, to strengthen you, to establish you in the Word of God so that you can go out and you can take this Word, the Word of God, and cause it to work in your life. That's what church is about. It's not going to automatically happen to you. The sad thing that happens to most Holy Ghost-filled people is this, that somehow or other somebody told us that when we got saved filled with the Holy Ghost, we had it made. And guess what? We didn't. But they told us, and we wanted to believe it. (laughs) Yes, we wanted to believe that now we're going to have visions and dreams. God's going to speak to us and direct us. Every little old place that we put our foot, God's going to tell us, no, 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 not that way, dummy, the other way, and we'll just go this way. And we believed all that. And then it came down to the place when... All of a sudden because, well, we, our minds got active and we got shooting our big mouths off about God said this and God said that and God showed me this and God showed me that. Then we found out that people, some of us grew to the place of being able to understand something. That people that God truly shows this to and God truly truly shows that to and Godly speaks this to and God speaks that to are the people that are producing this. And when that happens to us, you know what happens? We just kind of will away. And some of our pride comes up and says to us, now what are you going to do? And some of us close the book and quit. And they don't understand what the Lord Jesus meant when he said, my peace I leave with you. A peace that will absolutely let you know that you may stagger, and if you don't stagger, and if you don't fall, you're not trying. I'm here to tell you today, there's a lot of staggering, there's a lot of falling, there's a lot of mistakes going to be made before you decide that he reigns. He reigns totally. And that's really, really what it's all about, is to get to the place. See until God can get you to a place where you understand that you can't do this, you're going to do it yourself. you know that? And one of the grandest things about deliverance churches is, hmm, I can help God. I can help God get you there because I can get on my face before God. See, don't ever underestimate what God does in ministry like this. Most of you people sitting in this room that's been around me, I can write books. You hear what I said? I said, books. People, something happens and something happens and people come to me and say, well, such and such not come back to church anymore because this happened, this happened, that happened. I said, why not? Well, because now, because now you know about it. I said, I could have wrote them a letter six months about that, told them about it, before it happened. Don't don't sell God short. Don't sell sell ministry short that understands and operates into that other world called the spiritual world. Never sell it short, folks. I don't come to you and point out all your ways of error. I wouldn't want you to come and point mine out, all right? But the fact of the matter is, I believe this. I believe that you're here, and you're here for a reason. This church isn't for everybody, and you might as well understand these type of deliverance churches aren't, because deliverance churches are too hard for most people. Most people want to live with one foot in that world out there, go to church on Sunday morning, and consciously feel like they're going to heaven. That's what the church wants. The church doesn't want the Word of God pounded into their hearts and their spirit, meeting after meeting after meeting, until it brings you to a place where you're either going to get in or you're going to get out. Most people don't want that to happen in their lives. And those with pride, and and I've I've said and I've always say, pride's the first thing that's got to go. Pride will beat you out of this walk, and it'll do it so quick that your eyeballs will be turning in circles, going down the street, trying to convince you, your place trying to convince you that you're doing right. But i got news for you. Out from under this Word of God, there is no right. And it takes a lot. I'm going to tell you something. It takes a lot of rocks in your pockets to hang in, folks. And that's what we're here for. That's what help you hang in. If I... (laughs) If I told you this was easy, I'd be lying to you. And we've had our ups and we've had our downs and we may have some more. But we found out who is supreme and we found out how to get a hold of God and we found out how to participate in the program and how to receive the blessings. And that's what we're going to teach you how to do. Not just blow off at your mouth about it, but get you to understand something. Huh, so what? Three strikes, you're not out with God. God. You're just getting started good. I get people say, well, I never make any mistakes, and you're not doing anything, okay? Get out here and do something. Make a mistake and, get, you know, get yourselves a little soil, if you will, with mistakes so that you can be part of the rest of us. And understand that that's what Jesus is sitting at the right-hand side of the Father for anyway, okay? Praise God. Let's, let's look in uh, Romans 5.1 now. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Being justified by faith. So that faith, uh, that, that, that peace is being justified through faith. Through faith is it being justified. And that's important for you to understand. It is there by faith, it is there. It is there because by faith you're healed with the stripes of Jesus born at the cross. All one and the same. This whole thing operates by faith. That's the reason in eleven six of Hebrews that we were told there by the writer of Hebrews, which we're not told, but I I, I believe anyway it's Paul that um, says that without it or without faith it's impossible to please him, I meaning God. So everything that we do has to and will all around about be faith. And here with this peace by faith you have peace. So when a crisis comes in your life, you can say by faith this peace. That passive all understanding is here, and it works. Uh, Most of us don't give it time for that to happen. Most of us panic, all right? But again, you'll not find out what you're made out of until what? Until the trial of your faith cometh, okay? Because out of the what? The abundance of here. I'm always saying, you want to know what you're made out of? You wait, and you'll hear you want to know how much, you want to know how spiritual you are, or how holy you are, or how scriptural you are. You wait until you get yourself in a bind. Then you're going to find out, honey. And then if that pride don't come up in you, do you know what that is for? Do you know, you know why that's there like that? So God can let you have a measuring stick that you can understand what you have need of. Now most of us just set that aside and say, well, yeah, that'll go away. No, it won't go away. That won't go away until you run it off. How do you run it off? Let the Word of God become supreme within your life. 14.17 of Romans says this. This thing with peace is really neat, though, when it works. 14.17 of Romans. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace. So the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. It's righteousness, peace, peace and joy those three things in the holy ghost righteousness peace and joy in the holy ghost now last week we talked about the joy or when i was here last about the joy and the importance of it especially when it says that's what the kingdom of god is it is righteousness first and that 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 thing and within itself is a is about a six-week study we won't we won't bother that for a while but righteousness is first all right then joy, then peace, and what does it say? In the Holy Ghost. It is all that within, in the Holy Ghost. In the Holy Ghost. In the Holy Ghost. Now, realizing that that's what the kingdom of God is. In other words, as a Christian, the righteousness must be there. The joy must be there the peace must be there. Those three things within itself set you apart from this world. Those three things within itself will set you apart from this world. Now, please understand this. This does not happen when you pray and say, Oh, Lord God, let righteousness, joy, and peace come into my life and reign forevermore. I've got it, and that's the end of it. That, that, that's, you might as well be praying for that piano to stand up and do a jig or something uh that's how close that that's gonna happen in your life. These are things again that are going to have to develop and they're going to have to be uh taken care of. If if you know anything about if you have a, a garden or if you're a farmer, you don't just put that seed in the ground and say, hmm hmm, come back here in a few months and harvest the harvest. No, you've got to take care of that seed. You've got to till around that seed. You've got to you've got to take care of that or it's not going to happen. Well the same thing has to do with this. That's the reason again I don't don't pray that all this start happening in your life, all this fruit begin to happen right now in your life. Uh, begin at the beginning. Begin and, and and understand you need to start and add one, work on one, add another, work on that one, add another, then you're going to find out the one that you thought you had down is going to be giving you trouble. Go back. You should always be concerned about fruit production always. No matter if you're ten years old in the Holy Ghost, hundred years old in the Holy Ghost, or ten minutes old in the Holy Ghost, the fruit production is something that should never be set to the backside, set to the burner. Now, hopefully you're beginning to understand what first things first are all about with the Lord Jesus Christ. Hopefully, hopefully when we get done with this study, or maybe before then, you can begin to realize, my brothers and sisters, that without doing things in the right order, You can get yourself in a real mess. And most of us, and you're looking at somebody that was a prime, prime example of it. When I was saved filled with the Holy Ghost, I was not at all, and I've said this once or twice this morning already, interested in fruit production. I was interested in walking on the water and raising the dead. And what I didn't understand is without this fruit, the other was never going to happen. The church does not know that as a whole. The church does not, the church isn't concerned with that as a whole. We are concerned with the fact that after all, we make mistakes, and Jesus is our advocate to the Father and all, and you know all this sins going to be washed away, and it is through Jesus. But the fact of the matter is, the Lord God wants us to be holy as He's holy, and we don't teach that in the church very much. because the reason is is because hmm, we find in the ministry, it's much easier just to let you do whatever you want to do and figure that, well, if you come back and we don't get too hard with you about getting out of sin, you'll stay in church. And that's really the full gospel church. That, that's really, for most of it, that's really what it's all about today. They come because they like the manifestation uh, of the Holy Ghost. They like the feeling of the Holy Spirit being in the room. Uh, they can feel those things of which they cannot seem to have within their own lives and their own selves during the week so they'll come. Many, many, many people love to be in service with me, especially on Sunday nights, because you have the opportunity. To the Spirit of God, the anointing, almost puts you to the floor, uh, just standing there, just standing, praising God. That anointing gets so strong tonight over there. Uh, especially since I'm going for a couple of services. It, it'll be, it'll be, seem like it's twice as strong as it's been, uh, maybe for a couple of different reasons. All right, but nevertheless, the fact that it is, it's there. People love it. They love. It. But now I'm going to tell you something. When you look to find out. You find the people that show up on Sunday nights, some of those folks don't bother showing up on the weeknight services. You want to know why? Because that's when, as we're doing this morning, we get right down to where the pavement meets the road. We begin to do what? We begin to shove the Word of God into your hearts and your spirits. And we keep shoving it and shoving it and shoving it until you've only got one or two ways to go, either in or out. You either get in or you get out. And, and you'll find that out. So we haven't been old. We're not old enough here yet. Okay. This church six to eight months old. With the next few months coming up, you you will see some turnover. Some of you people that are here won't be here. You say, oh, how do you know that? Because I know the way the Word of God works. Because in some of your lives, there's some things that's going to have to change in some of your lives for you to stay around this kind of stuff. And if this is isn't going to change, God's just going to keep pushing. Why? Well, I'm glad we asked. Uh, Mark 4, some of your Bibles will learn to fall open here. Okay? They will just learn to do that. There won't be anything that will... It just sort of just happened for you. It is in the 17th verse. It says, "...and have no root in themselves." It means the Word of God is not rooted within their hearts, within their spirits. Now understand, and we will do some study on the difference between the Word of God being in your head, in your mind, and the Word of God being in your heart. What you're seeing operate here today and operate within this ministry is ministry that's working from the heart. Spirit ministry, they often talk about it being. And it's not head ministry. We're not, we're not, we're not interested in educating your mind in this church. We are interested in putting the Spirit of God, His Word, one the same, into your heart, into your spirit. When we can do that, that's when this peace, when you begin to, when you begin to let this that we're teaching today, the, the thing with peace, be cultivated And rooted then you will have peace rooted within your heart but now understand something it has to be rooted attached to is what that word means the Word of God has to be attached to your heart too many and you read through here and we'll we'll do a study in here in this fourth chapter before too long anyway but uh, that's the reason uh, it goes on to say they have no root within themselves and so uh, endure uh, for a time see some of you have never sat under in ministry uh, prophetic ministry, and you've never been taught to the, the, the end of what the depths of work on, it, it's going to take you, so for a while this thing will work for you. It'll work for a while. And where the difference, of when push comes to shove is going to come, is going to come when you get to the place of deciding you ain't going to change or you're open to change. You're not going to come in the line and be get delivered on those times and places when God will put into my heart to open my mouth and say, somebody here needs to deliver to this or somebody here needs to deliver to that. Those that do that and they rebel, those are the ones that are going to be gone. All right? Because for a while this thing will work. When you, I'm always saying this. What we do is right now we're giving most of you just enough of the Word of God for you to get dangers for yourself and anybody to get around you. We're giving you just enough of it. Because right now, you're seeing the manifestation of of what's been years, folks, and I mean years of going through sitting where you're sitting, walking in the shoes you're walking in, operate. And this didn't happen to us overnight. It's not going to happen to you overnight. I don't care what ministry you sit under. I don't care how many prayers you pray a day, folks. It's going to take a certain amount of going through in order for you to obtain. Okay? And that's the way it works. That's the way it works. It's not because you give your money. It's, it's all part of, but it's not all because of it. The words sake. Immediately they are offended. And that just means that, uh, immediately they, uh, they just fall away. Immediately they, they, they're offended. They fall away. They're gone. And that's what's going to happen. And that's what does happen. And uh, again, these aren't, it isn't easy. It isn't easy. But I'm going to tell you something. A year, two years in a church like this, under this kind of ministry, if you'll take it to heart, I'm going to tell you, you start, then you go out here and you get around some of these people that you thought were so spiritual, you'll go away snickering inside yourself because you're going to find something out. They ain't quite as spiritual as they try to let you think they are because the difference is the Word of God working in your life, working in their lives. I don't know how many people has come back around and said to me, Brother Deckard, I'm going to tell you something. Said I, you know, brother such and such or sister such and such. Well, they used to give, call up and give us a word that we were to live by that God told them and we thought that, you know, that was, and we've been around you long enough to know now and got back around them to find out for sure. Boy, they're flakes. Those people don't, they don't have anything going for themselves. All they got is a wild imagination and a big mouth. And that's where it all comes to for most people. Not all, but most of them. Okay. Some of them get in the word of God and learn something. Now, Philippians 4-7. Philippians 4.7. The Word of God is truth. Everything else is a lie. Philippians 4.7 says, And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Now, now listen closely to what this means. Now, the peace of God... And, it, you know, again, I couldn't understand how that sweet lady had, you know, I just couldn't understand how that could work like that. But it did in her life, and it was evident that it was there. It can work that way in your life, all right? But understand something now, it shall keep your hearts and minds. It'll keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus when you go through uh, whatever you're going through, whatever trial, whatever temptation you're going through. It's the peace that will keep your heart and your mind. It's the peace that will do that. If you will absolutely get into it. Again, you you can't just say, God, I want peace. Now I've got it. Well, you'll find out the next time that hell breaks loose at your home, you'll find out just exactly how well your heart and your mind's been kept. You'll find out because out of the abundance of that heart, again, your mouth's going to, I mean, going to overload itself. That's going to do it every time. You're either going to speak righteousness or what? You're going to speak sin. You're going to do one or two. It's going to be faith, or it's going to be doubt and unbelief. See, there's never the mixture. The, the mixture never works, because if there's a mixture, then it's not faith. Anything besides faith is doubt and unbelief. Did you know that? Anything besides faith is doubt and unbelief. Every time you think, I don't think this there's doubt and unbelief, that's not faith. Every time you open up your mouth and say, I don't think I'll ever have, that is doubt and unbelief, that's not faith. Faith will always leave every time doubt and unbelief comes around. Why? Well, if you don't want it, let the doubt and unbelief work. You're going to have faith in something. You're either going to have faith in the Word of God, God's faith, or you're going to have faith in doubt and unbelief. So faith works one way or the other. It works. How to have real peace? Write this down. Number one, put your trust in God. Depend upon the Holy Ghost. Delight yourself in the fellowship of God's Spirit. Delight yourself. In the fellowship of God's Spirit. Turn with me in Psalms 119. Psalms 119. And into, if you will, the 165th verse. Well, he was wound up that day, wasn't he? Sounds like some of the messages I preach. And he just didn't know when to shut it down. Thank God that God was dealing with him. Great peace. This is 165 and 119. Great peace. Have they which love thy law and nothing shall offend them. See, if you love the law, the Word of God, and let's put the Word of God, uh, great peace have they they which love the Word of God, nothing shall offend them. If you love the word, if you love the word, how are you going to learn to love the Word of God? You are going to have to do what? You're going to have to read it, you're going to have to meditate over it. you're going to have to pray over it. That is the way that you come to a place of loving. How did you love that one that you're sitting next to today? Not just because you call them up on the telephone. You learned to love them what through being around them. That's often many times uh, uh young people come and counsel before we marry them, and 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 um, I say, well, you know, you really don't know each other. Oh yes, we do, Brother Deckard. I said, no, you don't. I said, ten years, fifteen years. 20 years, you'll know each other. You'll know each other. Oh, Brother Deckard. And and you'll be surprised now. People will come back around saying, Boy, you were right, Brother Deckard. I'll tell you what. I didn't know that he could be this way. And then he'll come back around. Brother Deckard, I didn't know she was like that. Why? It takes time to get to know. It takes time to get to know God, folks. This thing, see, this thing of, well, I know God. Well, you don't know God as God is all. We know a portion of God as our Savior, which is the most important part of Him to know. All right? But there's also another knowing of God, and that knowing of God is being, for God's Word to be able to do what? It is God's Word to be able to clean up our acts, if you will, our minds and our bodies, so that we can do that which He wants us to do in His life. And that, again, is going to take just a little bit of time. Now, in Isaiah 48, 18, Isaiah 48, Eighteen. Oh, that thou hast hearkened unto my commandments, unto my word again, then had thy peace been as a river, and thy righteousness as the ways of the sea. Now this is 48, 18. Now this is really neat, because uh, what he's saying here is, he said, Oh, that thou hast hearkened unto my commandments. You have heard them, and you're doing them. All right? Then... See, after you've done the word of God, then thy peace bendeth a river and thy righteousness at the ways of the sea. So again, all this rotates and entangles itself, if you will, unto the word of God, unto the word of God. In 57.2 of Isaiah, he shall enter into peace, they shall rest in their beds, each one walking in his righteousness. Now, if you this this is important, I want to read it again. He shall enter into peace. Okay? They shall rest in their beds, each one walking in his righteousness. It's a quality, it's a quality of life. Peace is a quality of life. It's a quality of life, folks. It's something you can't buy. It's something you can't just say, yes, I'll take. It's a quality of life. It's like faith. Faith is a way of life. It's not something that you use when you have an emergency. Faith is something that you have to learn to apply and to work in every day and to watch work every day so that you can do what? So that that faith can keep can keep growing and growing and growing and growing. And, and as it grows and you begin to see, you will begin to see, the production of that faith. You'll begin to see that faith work. That's the reason so many times we're we're so anxious to see big things happen through faith. But you've got to understand something. You've got to start with the little things. And the little things have to start where? At home first. It has to start at home first. Because if it can't work at home, if it can't work at home with you and the kids, guess what? It ain't going to work next door. And it's not going to work in the church. And it's not going to work down the street. It's got to work at home first. Got to work at home first. I had to tell a, a young fellow here just not not very long ago uh, about ministry. And I said, if you can't take care of your home, you'll never take care of the house of the Lord. Never will you take care of what? Uh, how could I know that? Because that's what the book says. That's not something I made up. That's not a piece of philosophy from Brother Decker. That's just the Word of God, just plain and simple. Now, ways not to have peace. We probably should list a few of these. 1 Thessalonians 5, let's, let's look there. 1 Thessalonians 5, and in the 12th and 13th verses, And we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. And be at peace among yourselves. Be at peace among yourselves. Well, one way not to have peace is obviously uh, is to not be at peace among yourself. If there, you don't have any peace among yourself, uh, well, you don't have to worry about the other. Have no regard for those over us in the Lord, It is easy to be a rebel or to be motivated by pride either way. Easy to be a rebel. It's easy to do that or be motivated by pride. You'll never have peace if you can't regard those over you in the Lord and esteem them as to where God put them. And there's too many people that, that go around and all they got done and they don't understand that that judgmental spirit that they have did not come from God. That's not see, a judgmental spirit so, so many people take a judgmental spirit as spirituality. That's spiritual dumbness is what it is. Your place is never to come judge. Your place is come and love. Okay? It's just that easy. You say, "Well, yeah, but aren't are I to judge the word? The word? Yes. Not the person. Not that well, I'm to judge the person by the word. No, you're not. You're to love the person. You're to love that person. You're to esteem that one that you sit under. And I'm going to tell you why uh, uh, the the ministry isn't esteemed as high as it ought to be, as high as it should. I had a man come from California one time over in Illinois, and he came in, and he came to a few services, and, and he came to me. Of course, it's going to sound good from my side of the street, okay? I'll set you up before I go on with the story. And he said to me, he said, Brother Deckard, he said, I go to a church in California it has got 2,000 people in it. And he said, I'm going to tell you something He said, if you were there in California, he said, those people would probably do handstands, hand-over-hand flips at every whim that you had to keep you there. He said, these people could care less whether you're here today or tomorrow or next week. He said, they've got a real problem. I said, this whole area's got a real problem. I said, it just isn't that little town of Fairfield, Illinois. This whole area has got a problem. He said, "I don't understand." He said, Why don't you, he said, once you just knock the dust off your feet and and come to California." He said, "I'm telling you." He said, "They'd stick you." He said, "That church I'm at, said, they'd haul you around a limousine all day." He said, "They wouldn't even let you drive a car. They'd they'd take you anywhere you wanted to go. All you had to do is pick the phone up." I said, "Ah, that'd pamper me. I'd get big headed over a thing like that."
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But you see what? See, there's somebody. He said, "That's a pastor. They'll do that for." He said, "Can you imagine what they'd do for a for a prophet and apostle?" He said, we we, we, would, we would absolutely, he said, Brother Decker, we, we would put flowers down for you to walk on. He said, you're a prophet of God. You're not a pastor. He said, this, this world's full of pastors. He said, come with me. He said, I'll show you how they can treat a prophet of God. I said, no, no. I said, you see, God told me, I'm staying here. I'm staying here. And we had watched at work the first year we were here, dear God, in heaven over in Illinois, we had so many presents at Christmas, the kids did, we couldn't even get them home in the car. Five years later, I think we got three cards and a $5 bill. Does that tell you anything? It better tell you something. We don't esteem ministry. We want to judge ministry. I'll be a good old boy till the first time I, I stub my toe. And all of a sudden, that's it. Everybody's gone. Well, you understand something that I keep saying. You get your eyes on Jesus, you won't have to worry about that. You get your eyes on flesh. Flesh will make mistakes. Flesh will always make mistakes. I don't intend to try to make mistakes. And I'm not saying the mistakes follow me, not at all. But the fact of the matter is, it happens, and it does happen. Lack of honor, yes, that'll be a way of there being no peace. Act uh, disrespectfully uh, to God, his house, and his word. It'll do it every time. Be easily offended, irritated, and angry. Yep, there's never peace with people like that. Seek recognition from men. Never peace when you're seeking man's approval. There's never peace. When you seek man's approval, I could care less whether I've had people come and say, "Well, where did you go to school?" I'm not going to come to church where you don't have a, you know, you didn't go to this theological institution or that one. I said, I don't need your stamp of approval, and I don't. I believe with all ministry, I believe that, I believe that that which is the anointing of God will prove whether a man or a woman be called of God, and it just the way it is. You can't go by. You can go to all the uh Theological institutions you want to go to. Uh, most people never work the kind of works that I work in the name of Jesus Christ, and the reason they won't because they're not called to it. You have got to be called to it. I didn't know I was called to it when I was 18 years old. I had no idea. Now well, my grandma kept trying to uh, tell me about it, but I do. What does grandmas know anyway? Right? Amen. What does mothers and dads would know now? Well, so that's the way it is. Let's go to Second Peter three fourteen. Three fourteen. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent that you may be found of him in peace, without spot, and blameless. Most of you have never seen the word peace, if you've ever read that third chapter very much, have never really wondered or thought about the word peace, that you may be found. See, that you may be found what? In peace. Must be important, must be awful important, for God to have put that in there like that, so, and also without spot and blameless, all right? But the fact of the matter is, you need to really, you really need to key in, if you will, on the fact that peace is there. Now, we're going to uh, as go on into, and I'll try to get through long-suffering, because I want to put these two together. Now, we know that long-suffering is a fruit directed toward our fellow humans. Okay, long-suffering is a fruit that is directed toward, in my case, it's a fruit directed toward you. In your case, it's a fruit directed toward me or and or others. All right, and if you write that down like that, it's it's pretty simple to remember. Uh, in First Peter, yeah, the 5th chapter, the 10th verse, 1 Peter five ten. But the God of all grace, who hath called us into his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while... Make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. Now listen to that again. Now, this is First Peter five ten. But the God of all grace, who hath called us into his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while. Okay, now now let's 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 identify suffered a while. Cancer? No, 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 no. Bad cold? No. After you have been permitted by God. To go through some trials, some tribulations, the trial of your faith that's gonna come. Alright? After that, now listen, listen again. After that you have suffered a while, make you perfect. Now the word perfect here means mature. It will establish or establish you. It will strengthen. It'll strengthen you and it will settle you. Alright? Now, how do you learn long suffering? How do you learn long suffering? By observing God's character. Okay, now that's easy enough to look for in, in Romans, uh, in Romans the second chapter. At least I think it's the second chapter of Romans. Two, four. Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. So, If we'll observe God's character, we can understand that that that'll lead us. That will lead us to where we can repent, yes, and we can get things put together. We can get things working right. All right. Now, Colossians 3:13. Colossians 3:13. I'm getting there. It says, Forbearing one another, and forgiving one another, that any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. Now, we're going to do some things on unforgiveness in this church in time, but you understand in something, by having the Spirit of Christ, you then have the the power, if you will, the authority, if you will, to forgive. Now, without that, that's very difficult, if at all possible, for people to actually do. A lot of Christian people still don't utilize uh, the authority of the Spirit of Christ uh, to work in that area and get themselves in trouble. Uh, The word forbearing here just simply means to put up with. That's just simply what it means. We're to put up with one another and forgiving one another that's long suffering. And that's where you learn long suffering is begin to put up with one another. You were putting up with one another starts again at home. It starts at home first. He putting up with me and me putting up with her. You mean you gotta put up with her sometimes. A lot of time, most of the time she's gotta put up with me. I'm about to crawl out of bed and God have me up about half the night and trying to show me something I'm not real sure what it is he's trying to show me or tell me and and she said, what do you want for breakfast? Breakfast? How can you worry about breakfast at a time like this? Said so you could act like that every once in a while, yes. Just, a, just, a, just, an area, just an area of my life I've got to be working on, see? And, I, and you'll understand something about me. I'm not afraid to point at my failures or my shortcomings. Why? Because I've got them. So do you. And, and brothers and sisters, that's what deliverance is all about. It's kind of like being a drunk. Do you, you, you know if you go to one of those meetings, they will tell you until you can stand up and say, I am an alcoholic, you can't be helped. With deliverance churches, until you can say, that's my problem, you can't get any help. As long as you think, well, it'll go away. Honey, I mean, them problems ain't going to go away in a church like this. They're going to get big enough, they're either going to eat you up, or that devil's going to come out of you in Jesus' name. That's what's going to happen. And you can you you can make it easy easy on yourself or you can make it hard on yourself. You can do you know however you want (laughs) however you want to deal with that. That's that's up to you. That's your will. That's your will working. Checklist, all right? And you may this is this is neat because if you'll use this, and again, these tapes we're doing, you ought to go through these. You should go through these about every three or four months. You should sit down and with your Bible, each one of these tapes are almost almost of them an hour long. And you should, if you'll do this, you'll develop fruit. This fruit will develop and you, you'll nurture it and you'll start seeing the, you'll start seeing the effects of it. And in turn, you'll start receiving the blessings from it. Checklist. Are we patient when things do not go fast enough? Okay. If things don't go fast enough for you, you definitely got a little room for the fruit long suffering to work. All right. Two. Do we refuse to endure wrong and ill treatment? No long-suffering. Long-suffering will what? Will let you be spit upon, hmm, kicked around, spoken of in the wrong ways, and still in your heart. I didn't say your mouth. Your mouth would have to say it, but in your heart you can still love them. You still care for them. Why? Because I'm going to tell you something. You've got to understand, everybody in this room is in a different place with Jesus Christ. Now, there's are some areas that I have come over in my life that you may not have even knew were there to overcome, and there may be some areas in your life that you've overcome that I'm still working on. So, you see, we cannot base spirituality on somebody's shortcomings. You can't do that. Because, again, we all have them. We all should be trying to put them behind us or under our feet. And the key to it is realizing that it's there and doing something about it. And don't be stupid enough, again, to think, well, it's going to go away after I've been in enough services with Brother Deckard. Now, not until you decide to come up here and me cast the stinking thing out of you, it's not going to go away. Or you happen to cast it out of yourself through what? Through walking through the situation all through the name of Jesus. Can it, it will happen. All right? But it's going to have to happen. Are we forgiving or do we carry a grudge? And that is the very essence, if you will, of knowing about long suffering. If you carry a grudge, hmm, you best work on long suffering. Big time. Okay? Work on it big time. That's just a good checklist. You should keep it around. You should, you should go through that. And it'll behoove you. I'll tell you, a couple years go by. I see some of the, some of the folks over in Illinois. In fact, a sister over there not long ago came to me and she said, you know, she said, I sat down again. She said, I kept going through these about every, she said, about every four or five months is what I did. And she said, every time I've gone through, she said, now this gal's been with us now, uh, almost nine, eight, nine years. And she said, you can't believe what I must have learned over all that time. She said, I, she said, at first, Brother Decker, when you, you said, uh, you need to go back through these. She said i did like everybody did we kind of stacked them up in the closet and they got dust on them and every once in a while we'd loan them out to somebody else but we didn't listen she said then after about five years in your ministry i begin to understand something you didn't do that just to let your mouth jump up and down there are some valuable things that happened in there that she said we didn't get the first second third or fourth fifth sixth seventh eighth times through and she said now i'm beginning to go back through that and i'm beginning to realize something I'm beginning to realize I have come a long way. She said, you don't realize, and folks, you don't realize growth. And if you do, you're lying to yourself. You don't realize spiritual growth. Spiritual growth is something that comes, and it comes very ardently, comes very, 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 very slowly in our lives. And uh, But you can base that or gauge that simply by going back, and you'll see something all together. Three or four months from today, you will go through this series, and God will teach you in a direction that you didn't get the first time. Three or four months on down the line, in, he'll teach you in an area that you never knew that was there when you saw it that time. And that's the way God does. God never really lets what we get doing, we get trying to force force our way into the kingdom through going into the bookstores and drawing these books off the shelves about casting out devils and this and that and everything else and about the end times and all. And we try to force ourselves into areas that most of us aren't even called into anyway. And what we do, we don't do first things first. We don't do the important things. We get around things, do things that aren't so important.
1: Hey, thank you again so much. That's Prophet Tom Deckard, Mount Carmel, Illinois, Cradle of Hope Ministries. Again, you-